Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Get it checked, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? Take your best shot, I'ma take the last shot. I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bitting on me? It's time to get it checked, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? All righty, guys. All Facts Media is here live, and we are happy to be on another episode of the Auto Bid Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew Robinson, joined by my twin brother, Aaron Robinson. And today, we have a special, special guest, uh, uh, none other than Portland Trailblazers guard, Kelton Blevins. So, Kelton, thank you for joining us today, man. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Glad to be here. <laughs> oh, no doubt, man. Um definitely been a long time coming, man. I've uh, I definitely, you know, been, been following your, your path for a while, man. I was since, since back in the O'Connell days, man. So we're going to get into that a little bit. But first, man, for the people, um, you know, on the podcast, man, just kind of tell us about yourself, kind of where you're from, um, how you started playing basketball, and kind of what brought you here to, to you know, where you are today. Uh, man, Keldon Blevins from High Springs, Arkansas, man, small town. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a long journey, man. I started playing basketball. I was like, Probably seventh grade, weren't really good at it. Pops was mad at me. I chose basketball over football. So I was I was quarterback, started varsity, and as as a freshman, I was I probably would have been heavily recruited football wise. Wasn't recruited basketball wise. Uh, no offers. Junior year, after my junior year that summer, I got a call from a coach in Arlington, Virginia, uh, Coach Joe. Wooten, and he asked me to come play at O'Connell. Got everything situated. Was out there. Had a, a okay year after that. Still no offer, so I was like, I was about to give it up. And my cousin was like, no, man, go prep. Like, it's like, I believe in you. You can do this. Yada, yada, yada. So I was like, I'll do it. Went prep. Actually, didn't go prep that summer. I was still eligible to play another season at AAU, so I played AAU. <clears throat> With the New Orleans Elite, went to maybe two tournaments, left two tournaments with like seven offers. Just had, I played, uh, what's his name? He played for CLT. He, uh, in the league right now, too. He played for the Bucks, I believe. But played against him, and we just had, it was a crazy game. I had a good game. He had a good game, and it was just competitive. And all the coaches there was just like, who is this kid? Started up, uh, my two top options was Southern Miss and South Southeastern South Louisiana, I believe. And I chose Southern Miss. Was there for two years. Uh, didn't work out. Ended up transferring to Montana State. Played Montana State for three years. Set out a year. Played two years. Um, ended up getting drafted to the G League. Played a year in the G League. And last year I was with the Portland Trailblazers. It's been a long journey, man. 
<laughs> now, you know, you mentioned this journey, man, and obviously um, that culminating in, in uh, um, making it to the league, playing for the Portland Trailblazers. I don't know if you know this, but um, you probably do, but um, you were the first player from Montana State uh, to, to play in an NBA game um, back in December of 2020 when you suited up in Portland. I mean, what did that moment, you know, mean to you just kind of finally making it to the NBA, you know, after everything that you had been through um, on your basketball journey? I mean... I don't even hardly really put it in the words. It's just like you literally living out your dream. And then to do it after not believing in myself or this person saying this and this person saying this and he's not good enough and he won't last or so-and-so, yada, 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 this Damian Lillard cousin and this, 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 and that. Regardless of what the situation was, I was there and I put on a uniform and I did play so. In that moment, it was just taking everything in, man, just giving every blessing I can to God and all the, just being so thankful and grateful, bro, because I could be a lot of places. But I was I'm in the NBA, and like I said, man, only, I can't even put it into words. It's just it's the feeling I can't even describe, like, and I'm just thankful for it. <laughs> Now, now for you, man, obviously, you know, making it to the to the NBA, you know, is one thing is, you know, that that one percent or, you know, fraction of a one percent, man. But, you know, walk us through that emotion for you, man. Um, when you scored your first points in the league, um, kind of what was going through your head? Like, what was your emotion like? And then kind of what did that mean to you, you know, uh, to be able to say, you know, yeah, like, you know, I, not only did I make it to the league and made a roster, but I was able to, you know, get a bucket in the league as well. Uh, it was – that was that was a great moment, man. I, we was – I scored in the preseason, but I didn't count that as my first bucket. When we played, we played the Clippers. So my first two points is in Staples Center. So we played the Clippers. Uh, I get the ball on the outlet, and uh, I just hear the whole sideline, like, go score. Go score the ball. So I in and out hard, right, and go get a layup. I don't know, man. It was just it – was, it was a great moment. Everybody on the sideline, we was – I think we was getting blasted too. We was done by like 20-something in the whole bench. Went crazy. Everybody's in the locker room after. Um, they just uh, congratulated me on my first points. It was just – it was an amazing moment, man. Like, regardless of what happens in the future, like, nobody can take that from me. So, that was just a moment that I'll never forget. I could tell my kids. And, I don't know, it's just – it's a blessing, man. Now, I want to rewind a little bit. Honestly, you mentioned having the opportunity to be able to play at O'Connell, having a chance to get out of Arkansas and go play in the WCAC, which for those who don't know, WCAC is, you know, arguably the best high school league in the, in the country with O'Connell and DeMatha and Gonzaga and Paul Six and St. John's and you know, the list can go on and on. But I just had an opportunity to play alongside Melo Trimble, who's an All-American. Um, Drew, he too was on the team with you there too as well, right? No, he was there the year before I got there. Okay, okay. Well, it was know, me. Me. always had yeah, – I know you, 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 you had some good, good teams the year that you were there. Though. I mean, just talk a little bit about that experience. What was that like playing in the WCAC, playing with Melo, and how that was able to help you kind of going forward um, and, and, getting, and, and getting recruited and stuff like that? Um, man, that was – that was uh, it was crazy. First got there, um, I was staying with Coach Wooten. Uh, and growing up in Arkansas, like I would always be in the gym, be outside playing on the playing outside on the uh at the park or going to a gym, just playing. But I never really just went in there like I'm going in there to work out or I'm going in there to get up this amount of jumpers or this, 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 and that. When I first the first morning I was at O'Connell, we had workouts, I think at like eight AM. So going there, working out, uh 
all types of different drills. I'm like, bro, what is this? Like, <laughs> I'm not used to this. <laughs> um, I wasn't like shying away from the work. It was just new to me because I never had that type that type of structure. It's it's probably 15 D1 coaches sitting on the sidelines watching this. I'm like, bro, this is crazy. I go home, I call my mom, my dad. I'm like, but this is real. Like, and uh, Mellow, man, Mellow, stand-up dude, uh, one of the best high school players I've ever played with and seen play. Uh, Washington scored multiple 40-point games, and, and he was he was the real deal. Um, we also had Aiko, Aiko Adams, Jamal King. Um, we, asked, we asked him, we asked him, then we ended up having like six D1 guys on that team. But no, nah, man, that was just an experience in itself because – like I said, coming from Arkansas, it was just different. Like, like you said, we played against the Matthew, Part of Six, St. John's, Gonzaga. It was it was competitive night in, night out. Had to always be ready. And them workouts and all the, the long, hard practices every day, they they got they prepared us for uh what was ahead. Uh, for sure, man. And uh if I remember correctly, because um, you know, we was all 2014, 2014 class. And uh, I remember, you know, Melo and, and O'Connor, you guys won the uh, WCC in 2013. So for you coming in the following year, you know, I can only imagine the amount of you know, expectations and everything else around the program. But, you know, for you, man, like looking back on that time, you know, in the DMV, um, you know, what's one thing that kind of you remember the most that you kind of take away from that, um, you know, that you kind of carried to, to the rest of your basketball career? Um, I would say professionalism. Like at that early age, like – O'Connell really ran a program like it was a Division One college program. So going into my first year, going into college, I had guys. My and I was a freshman. I had guys that was older than me on the team, like that damn near looked up to me. And it was like how I carried myself and how I approached every workout and every drill and every everything that I did. And it was a part of that came from O'Connell just installing that structure in me early. <laughs> I remember, like, for me and Drew, man, the same thing. We came from, obviously, public school. We played at Springbrook High School, which was a public school. And we would play O'Connor in the Rock League and the Summer League and in the Math League. And I remember Melo will always go crazy whenever we played in the Summer League or whatnot, man. But, and I know, obviously, when me and Drew were, were in high school, um, we did a postgrad year at Putnam Science Academy up in Connecticut. And, obviously, no, we were, like, a top 10 team in the country at the time. We played with Hamu Diallo when we were there. And that experience kind of going there, I think we had, like, six, seven Division One players in, and I know the thing I remember with most was just like them open gyms where they're so competitive and you kind of learn how to play hard. So, like, yeah. I went to college straight from Springbrook and, and trying to go play D1, then it would have been, been a total, like, culture shock. But having that year to really come in there and prep and get ready, you know, for the next level, um, definitely did, did a lot for me as far as being able to come in and be ready to play my freshman year. I mean, for you, do you feel the same way a bunch of experience at, at O'Connor? Do you think that it had you, you know, more prepared going into college, whereas if you would stay in Arkansas, you maybe might, might have been as, you know, ready to go into in college and make an impact? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Like, if I would have uh, did it straight from Arkansas, like you said, it would have been a culture shot. Like, everything would have been new to me. So I would have just had a lot of catching up to do. I feel like I would have been behind. Uh, O'Connor, like they they got me up to speed faster, and it made me realize that if I want to do this, then it's it's gonna have to happen now, and it's gonna have to start now, and I'm gonna have to start carrying myself a different type of way, and, and really go at things different in terms of everything basketball wise. So I feel like O'Connor helped me out a lot. 
Now, us here at the Auto Bay, you know, we're, uh, you know, a uh, mid-major center podcast, and we're trying to show the, you know, the mid-majors, obviously, in the, in the area, but nationwide. And um, obviously, for you, man, you know, playing at Southern Miss and playing at Montana State, um, and then being able to make it to the league. You know, obviously, you took the G League route, um, and then we're able to obviously make it to, to Portland. But talk about the grind, you know, as a mid-major guy, you know, didn't get drafted, kind of having to get out the mud. You didn't come from any of these power five schools. Um, for those who may not be familiar with, like, you know, the route and the path that it kind of takes to get to the NBA, you know, speak to kind of your experience coming from a, a mid-major, you know, going through the G League and having to kind of grind it out to get to to the league. Uh, man, like I said, it was it was a long route, but I got – I would say my biggest thing was having people in my corner and my support system and the people that believe in me and the people that just kept me going because, like you said, it's – it's a grind and it's tough because at mid-majors, we get kind of waved off. Uh, people not really paying attention to us or people not, we're not playing on ESPN and we don't have all these nation, nationwide games or our schedule is not, we're not playing all these power five schools. So it's easy to get looked over. But one thing that uh, my cousin name always told me, always told me when, even when I was in college, he was like, if you're good enough, they will, they'll find you. Um, just do do what you do and control what you control and just play hard and let everything else fall into place. Don't don't chase something and don't don't think too far in the future. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just live in your moment. And if you at a mid major school, then you at a mid major school. But do everything in your power and control what you control to to pursue your dreams. If you really believe that you can get there, you can get there. <laughs> Now, obviously, you mentioned, you know, obviously you, that, that you and Dave are coming. Let me talk about you guys' relationship, man. I mean, you know, um, just coming from, coming from, like you said, from, 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 coming from a mid-major the same way as he did, and after now being able to play with him in the NBA. I mean, talk about, you know, you guys' bond and, and, and how you guys, you know, have kind of grown um, through this whole journey together. Um, man, like even in high school, I would always get advice from him because, again, he was at a mid-major. He was at Weber State. Um he was freshman of the year, uh, big all first team, big sky. Every year he was there. He got MVPs last year. Um, he would just always give me advice and just always just keep me going. Um, and then it growing into when I was in college, I would go to Portland every summer. He was in the league, work out with him every summer. I mean, even that, just seeing how he worked, how he operate, operated, operated, like. People think you get to the NBA and your work stops or your work slows down. You get to the NBA, your work ramps up because you want to be better. Because ain't no, ain't nobody in the NBA is weak. Nobody's not a bad player in the NBA. There's not a um like you think you're working hard and the next dude might be working harder than you. So seeing Ben and the way he operated and just always have him bringing me along to whatever he did or wherever he go. Um, it obviously grew our bond, but it also opened my eyes a lot to um, see him like, yeah, you're making hundreds of millions of dollars and he's still waking up at seven o'clock in the morning and getting two workouts and coming back and shooting at night. And I don't know, man, it's just, it's, I'm blessed to have that in my life to keep me going to where I, where I am now. But again, like at the end of the day, that's, that's my cousin, but I also look at him and it's like my big brother. And he, He's done more than I can ask for in my life. So we we got a real special bond. And, I mean, kind of building on that, man, obviously, you know, this season being in Portland, like, you know, not only 
is that your cousin and like your, you mentioned you're your big brother, but now you mean you in the locker room and get to kind of see seeing him pull up from 40 and drop 50 and things like that. Um, for you, man, like what was that like just kind of being able to now share the locker room as opposed to, you know, when you're in high school having to call him and get advice. You know, now it's like, yo, like you write a couple seats away from me on the, on the bench and I could just ask you questions and things like that. Um, what was that like for you guys this season, um, just playing together in, in Portland? Uh man, it was it was crazy. Uh like you said, it was I was there front center, uh court side and just witnessing it all. And and even me watching it from TV or when I was in college or high school and just watching a play on TV. Now seeing it then and like game six against Denver when he had fifty five and sent it to two overtimes, like it's it's like bro, I'm I'm sitting there looking at my teammates and they looking at me like that's your cousin. I'm looking at them like, bro, he unbelievable. I can't believe that he doing this shit. So, I mean, it was it was crazy the whole year. And then just having him in the locker room and, and talking me through certain situations and getting advice from him throughout the season on different things and what I can improve on and what I should be doing. It was it was a blessing. Like, I couldn't I couldn't ask for a better first year in the NBA. Now, you know, obviously, Dame wasn't the only, you know, superstar in Portland. Also, obviously, were teammates with Carmelo Anthony. I mean, one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, what's that been like, you know, just, just you know, being around Melo, learning from him and seeing how he operates, man? Because obviously, you know, the a and you have to get to play with the future first ballot Hall of Famer, man. So, I mean, what's that been like for you? Uh, man, that's that was that was surreal in itself. Uh, I'll never forget the first time I'm sitting in the locker room. I think it was after I think it was we had got physical or something and I was going I was sitting in my locker. He walked in and he was like, What's up, champ? I'm like, damn, but it's mellow. Like <laughs> in my head. And I'm like, bro, I got I got five mellow jerseys. Like I grew up, it was mellow and bronze. So I mean it was it was crazy, but people like you would never even guess the type of dude that Mello is. Like super cool, chill, laid back. Uh, he'll sit and talk to you for hours. Like, I play cards with him all the time on the road. Uh, I mean, he just, he, he hella cool. And people got, like, a bad perception of him. I don't know why or I don't know how it happened, but in the media or whatever the case may be, but he total opposite of what everybody thinks that he is. And you know, it was a blessing for me to not only as, as, a, as a friend and a, and a teammate, but also to watch him like in practices and in workouts and in games and get advice from him as well before every game every game this season that, that he was active and I was active we played one-on-one before in in uh in warm-ups every single game and that was just something I I wanted to do to to make myself better and also it was mellow so I was like man, it was it was it was crazy but it was like our little thing that we did we played one-on-one before every game and it's it's crazy to me that I could FaceTime Melo right now and he would answer. And like from growing up watching him play, shit, that's it's it's crazy. So I mean the million dollar question is, man, what was the ones looking like, man? You know what I'm saying? What the what the ones like with you and Melo, man? <laughs> man, he gonna if you ask him, he gonna tell you a lot. But they was they was neck and neck every day. I got some wins, he got some wins. Yeah. He, 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 he might tell you a little bit. Like, 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 what was it? What was it? What was it? What was it? What was it looking like? Man, games were eleven and five. Like, it was going to seven. It was going seven. to seven. All ones. Mm. On the seven, all ones. Let us see. It. You got a couple doves up off Melo. You got a couple doves up off him. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, he'll, he'll tell you that. 
Okay, okay. Now, how about how about you and Dame? How about how, I know y'all play ones all the time too. You know, <laughs> actually, we don't. Which is we don't. It's, it's crazy. We don't. I ain't play. I ain't play him in one on one since my. I want to say like my uh, maybe my freshman year of college. Right. I ain't play him in one on one in a minute. Well, if he if he's not a one on one dude, it's just like I ain't. Nah, he only playing ones. Oh. Uh-huh. You don't need to be messing with the ones like that. I played CJ once this year, Melo. I basically played everybody, but uh, everybody but Dame and Nurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Now, um, I do want to ask you kind of about y'all about you know the the season this year. Um, you know, obviously, I think you know from the outside looking in, at least you know when you when you analyze you know your, you guys roster, you guys made a lot of moves in the offseason season um, to kind of elevate the team. You know, from from the bubble last year going into this season, um, and obviously you mentioned you know this year kind of that matchup against Denver. I think you know for most people, you know, when you look at the, the matchup against you guys in Denver, man, a lot of people picked you guys. You know, because obviously Jamal Murray was out and things like that. And you guys seemed like you guys were playing really well at the time, but. Um, Kind of when you look at you guys' season, man, um, what are your thoughts on kind of like, you know, how the season went? Obviously, you know, you mentioned the 55-point game, um, you know, against Denver in the playoffs. But when you look back at this season um, from a team perspective, kind of um, what was the season like for you guys in the locker room? We're trying to figure all that out. And then, um, I guess, looking back on it now, you know, what are your thoughts on, on how you guys did this year? I mean, during the season, we uh, – uh, that's one of the Dame, like, greatest qualities is his leadership. So, during the season in the locker room, we never had any locker room problems. Everybody was always together. He kept everybody head up. He kept everybody going. He always told everybody that everything was going to be all right and we was going to be cool. You got to stay together and locked in. So, <clears throat> locker room, we never had any issues, no problems. Um, CJ got hurt. Nerd got hurt. And that gave us a couple issues. We're trying to figure out some stuff on the court. But even then, we, we kept playing through. We kept fighting and got to the playoffs and – we just we weren't we just weren't clicking. We weren't locked in how we were supposed to be, and uh, we ended up losing to Denver. It was a first round exit, but like you said, man, it's the off season again. Uh, gonna do whatever we can to, to be the best team that we can be, man, going forward. Now, now for the viewers, I mean, just you know, take us through you know a regular NBA you know day like like for you like during the year you know a lot of people don't understand the grind. Obviously, with them back to backs and three games and five nights and challenge series, series. I mean, just talk a little bit about what that was like for you and the biggest adjustment you know that you had to make you know um, coming in this year as a rookie. Oh man, I, I be telling people about this all the time. That's the part that people really just don't understand. They think you you making a lot of money, you traveling, you just living your best life. And I mean, it is it's a blessing. It is, but they don't talk about you having it. We got practice at 10. The young dudes, the rookies, got to be there two hours before shooting, working out, practice. After practice, you working out, um, going to get and do stuff for whatever the vets want us to do. Um, say it's a travel. If it's a game day, we got to shoot, shoot around in the morning, leave, shoot around, get to go home and take like an hour nap if that we got to be at the gym. We got a seven o'clock game. I got to be at the gym at like four o'clock. The pregame shooting, after pregame shooting, you got weights, eat some food, um, but you got to be there 
everybody got different shooting times and the rookies got the earliest one. So if it's, like I said, a seven o'clock game, you got to be there at four o'clock. After the game, this COVID this year, we was having to get tested every morning before shoot around, get tested after the game that night, go home, you wake up in the morning, practice the next day, got to get tested, wait in your car for 30 minutes, wait for the results to come back, go in there, change, warm up, recovery, whatever you got to do, practice, after practice workout, come back at six o'clock, get tested. It was, it was crazy then, not to mention the, we had road trips this year. We had 12 day road trips. We had like eight games over 12 days. I mean, that's in, in six different cities. Like it's crazy. You play a game, get to the next city at 2 a.m., can't go to sleep, not going to sleep till four and five in the morning, getting up the next morning. It's a game day. Like it's crazy. And the whole thing over, over and over and over again. Like it was draining. So it was sometimes we came off those road trips. I sleep for a whole day. Like I don't want nobody to talk to me, don't bother me, don't, nothing. I'm asleep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a grind, man. I think that. I think that's the one thing that kind of the fans don't uh, don't really understand, especially when you add COVID this year on top of all that. Um, it definitely made it even harder, man. But I mean, as as a player now, man, like I'm I'm it always intrigued me because I hear about you know guys that lift before the game and shoot before the game, and I'm wondering like yo like what are the workouts like before the game? Because like I feel like if you lift workout and then got to go play. 40 minutes, 30, 30 some minutes, you're not going to be tired? Like, or is the list and stuff before the game, is it like mobility, flexibility stuff, or are dudes really down there like lifting, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that? Like, what are the, those workouts before the game like? I mean, it depends. Like, the rotation dudes like Dame, CJ, Nert, uh, Rocco, like, they they won't get, like, a real lift, and they'll do some mobility, functional stuff just to get their body moving, get their heart rate up a little bit. Uh, and then their pregame shooting is just – they just getting like feel good shots or getting their body moving and getting their movement down and just really getting a feel for their shot. Um, but with the young guys, like we have workout, like real, real weights. We have conditioning. Uh, no, we have conditioning. We know we're not playing. We're going to condition before the game. But if we don't know, we'll condition after the game. But we'll have, we'll play ones or two on two or three on three uh, for our pregame shooting. We won't just go through like shots and stuff. So, I mean, it depends, but if if you ain't if you're not a rotation player, you, you better be ready to work game day or not. Sheesh. They be killing y'all before the game, huh? Killing this. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, all right. How about this? So, what was, what, was, what was your worst rookie duty that you had to have uh, this year, man? What, what did they you do any wild stuff? Now, I, I didn't see videos of uh, them violence and rookies, man. You, you got any funny stories from things that, that, that the old guy made you do this year? Uh, they all they joked about the end of the year, basically saying like we didn't really have to do shit. Like honestly, we didn't really have to do nothing this year. It was partly because of COVID, uh, so it didn't really make us do nothing crazy. I mean, we had to go get uh, like every road trip, we would have to go get like hella body wash and soap, or uh, we had to go get food for some people, or it could be eleven something at night. They call you like, uh, I need you to to run to the store and, and give me something to drink or give me some food. Like it was, it wasn't nothing crazy though. So, I mean, I'm blessed. I've heard, they was telling me some crazy stories that happened to them. Like I heard people getting pushed in the cold tub. They put stuff in people's cars, people having to drive an hour and a half away to get 
some some small just for no reason. Like I heard some crazy shit, but no, nah, it, <laughs> it was never nothing crazy for me. Well, I mean, so, for you, man, who would you say? Uh, based on what you see, you your eyes, you know, no bias and stuff like that. Top five dudes in the league uh, that that you've seen this year, or based on performances, guys that you've seen, who who your top five? Mm-hmm. In no order. Dang, Giannis, Brian, KD. Hmm. Yeah, KD. What am I forgetting? Last one, tough. It, it, it shouldn't be tough. I, I'm thinking it's somebody. I'm seeing you going to say it or not. What am I forgetting? Definitely forget some people. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's some people that's like on the cusp, but I don't know yeah. if they're really up there. But that, it's one for sure I know I'm forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> James Harden. No. Mm. I don't even know if I would say James Harden. Steph? What's, what's up? Like, is, is Steph in there? Like, you got Kawhi. Jokic. I was gonna, yeah, all them up there. Them the ones I'm like on the cusp. Like, <laughs> but then just, I don't know. Like, the ones that I name is just seeing them. It's just unbelievable. Like, it's the stuff that they do, bro. It's just like you, you look at that and you like, bro, I can't do that shit. <laughs> I get some dudes, there's some dudes in the league. I'm like, I could be, I can be, if I like, I work hard, I can be that good. Right. I'll never be honest. I'll never be KD. <laughs> Dang, LeBron, like, James Harden. James Harden, one of them. Steph, Steph is one of them. Like, it's just, they just gifted, bro. And you can't work hard enough to get what they got. Like, Zion, Zion up there. Like, Zion is one of the most unstoppable dudes I've seen this year. Word. Zion up there with them, dude. You made some heavy hitters, man. <laughs> I'm not saying like just that tier, but he's yeah. uh, he's un, he's unstoppable, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. I I do want to ask you though, and I'm glad you brought it up because um I think especially it, it kind of makes sense now. Obviously, the Bucks won the title this year, and Giannis was Finals MVP and had an amazing series. But you you are somebody who's played in, in the league, and I want to talk to you about this because this is a narrative that I hear a lot. You know, from fans and people who don't understand the game, they say, "Oh," and I think it stands from that, that Harden quote a couple of years ago when he said, "Oh, you know, I would love to be seven foot and just dunk and have no skill, right?" And people, there's this, there's this, um, you know, I don't even know what to call it, but there's this lie out there that people say Giannis isn't isn't skilled, Giannis isn't good, and things like that. Um, from seeing him up close, um, what do you think? Because you you put him in your top five, like undisputed, without even thinking about it. What makes him so special? What makes him so hard to guard, and for the casual fan, like, why do you think that people tend to disrespect him the way that they that they they do? I mean, I feel like uh, through a fan's point of view, like you see Giannis, and then you try to because they it, fans always do the comparison and compare people to this person, and this person. Like Giannis is his own person. Giannis is one of a kind. He's not KD. Like KD got the he got the handle, he got the flash, he got the jumper. Like Giannis don't. He don't got the flashy handles, but you can't say he can't dribble the ball if he get into the paint every play, or 
you can't say he just drive and dunk everything because he he's a he's an elite finisher. He he got touch, he got different moves in the paint, can back you down, your roll, layups, dunks. And he is seven foot and he's strong and he got good footwork. Like that's that's skill. He he played, he's seven foot, but he played low to the ground. He um, I mean it's his body control, like it's just there's a lot of that goes into to what he has in his game. And it's not just but from a I can see why people say what they say, because it's not as flashy. But Shaq wasn't flashy, but he was dumb in it. Right. Like you can't take away from what Shaq was doing, just like you can't take away from what Giannis is doing. You you just win the finals MVP and win the finals with 50. You can't say that that person is not good. I don't care what he's doing. <laughs> now, for you personally, man, I mean, what, what are your goals for, for your career, man? What do you what do you want to see, you know, yourself being you know, a five-year plan? You know what I mean, what, what do you see some of the five years? And what are your goals um, for, for your career, man? Man, I just want to be the best player I can be. Um, do do whatever it takes to uh, stick in the league. So five years from now, I want to be in the NBA. I want to be uh, on a contract, on a roster spot. I have a roster spot on a team in the NBA, and just just keep being like I said, controlling what I control, and and getting to where I want to be. And that is eventually, if it's possible, starting an NBA. But I mean. That's where that's where I wanna wanna be in five years. Sure, sure, man. And shoot, I mean, given given where you made it already, man, I have no doubt that that you'll get there, man. And um, I do have one more question, man. I can't believe I forgot to ask this. You know, we got we run a little on time, but people will be mad if I did not ask this question. Um, obviously, you guys got a new coach. You know, um, Chauncey Bills was hired. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the hire? How do you feel about Chauncey coming in? Um, if you spoke with him or if he, if he spoke to the team already, kind of, um, what is your vibe um, with, with Coach Phillips coming in there to Portland? Uh, I haven't got a chance to speak with him, but for what, from what I've seen and going off his past of his basketball history, uh, I, I feel like it was it was a great hire um, with him with him and Dame. They can form a good relationship. They both point guards. They both played. Uh, multiple years in the NBA, feel like they'll have a, a different type of understanding for whatever the system may be, or for whatever he wants from him, and they vice versa. Uh, and then again, uh, like I say, he's a point guard. He knows how to run a team. Uh, he he know how to deal with adversity. Um, this is all the good qualities that you want in the coach. I feel like he he has instilled in them already. So. I feel like it was a good hire. Like I said, I haven't got a chance to uh, to, to talk with him, but I feel like we, we made a good move. Sure, man. So, you know, definitely want to thank you for coming on with us today, man. And I obviously want to wish you best of luck this year and then going forward, man. Obviously, it's always good to catch up. You know, even though you're not from the DMV, you did have a brief thing in the, in the DMV. Yeah. So definitely great to catch up with you, man. And definitely want to wish you best of luck. I and mean, thank you again for coming on with us today. I appreciate y'all, man. Anytime. So, for sure, man. I know we'll be, we'll be doing this again, man, when you when you reach your goal, man. I know it's, it's coming soon, man. So, we'll definitely be rooting for you. All right, bro. Appreciate it. No problem. Appreciate, Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. All righty, guys. That was Kelvin Blevins, Portland Trailblazers guard, former uh, Montana State guard. Um, obviously, you know, just he, he definitely had, had a great story, you know, coming from, you know, small town in Arkansas, going to Southern Miss, Battle University, getting to Montana State. Um, and then obviously making it to the pinnacle, which is the NBA, man. Definitely 
you know, always great to have some, some, some DMV Hoopers, you know, come back on the podcast, man. Now for sure, man. Obviously, as you guys know, man, uh, we hope that you guys are always liking and, and subscribing this, to this podcast and, and sharing this podcast and telling a friend to tell a friend. It goes a very, very long way. But until next time, guys, make sure you guys are streaming my guys. Pull up my guy Pull Up Tay's music. He's going to take us out on the outro, man. And you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. Until next time, boy. It's time to get a check, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. On me. What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot. I'ma take your last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.